when we look at the gospel accounts of Jesus, we can see why people flocked to see him. The teaching he gave, those stories with a twist, the healings he performed, the welcome he gave to people on the margins of life, to the consternation of all the respectable people. But there was a flip side to all this. We were saying last week that in the service we shared together and in the Lent conversations we've been having through the week, we've been saying that Jesus was very clear about who he was and what mission he had to accomplish. But he was also very clear about where this would lead him and what the outcome would be. So as his ministry progressed, he began to teach his disciples that he would face great suffering and that he would be rejected by the religious leaders and that it would cost him his life. And he added, after three days, he would rise again. Disciples didn't get that last bit. And it looks like they found the idea of him being killed very hard to digest. After all, they were on a roll at this stage. It was all going so well. So the Gospels show him as having to repeat this stark news on three occasions. Clearly, nothing was going to divert him from his chosen path, but it was a journey which was going to be very costly. And then he said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Not just him then. Now, the cross, in many ways, has become sanitized in the course of history. It's the symbol of our faith. It's everywhere in our churches, our Bibles, our prayer books. People wear crosses around their necks or badges on their lapels. Some people regard them as a kind of lucky charm. They can be artistic, decorated on greeting cards. But of course, in, in reality, the cross was something awful. It was an instrument of punishment a means of gruesome and painful execution for common criminals in the Roman Empire. This symbol of our faith is a sign of suffering, an indication that if you are serious about it, there is some cost involved here. Now, sometimes when people have to cope with some difficulty in life or some unexpected burden or maybe a medical condition, you hear them say, well, that's the cross I have to bear. But, for instance, finding out that unpleasant neighbours are moving in next door to you or what we say, dealing with worsening arthritis, that's not what Jesus meant by taking up your cross. He's talking about deliberate choices we make going for an option which demands challenge rather than the easier or more comfortable alternatives. And he's talking about being ready to face difficulty, hardship or loss even for the sake of the gospel. Now, some people, of course, just walk into dangerous situations without realizing it, without reckoning on risk. Uh, just now I'm reading a book by John McCarthy. Do you remember him? He, he was the news reporter that went to Lebanon some years back because he'd been attracted by the idea of the Middle East and he thought he was going off on a glamorous adventure, only sensing the danger once he was there. Remember, he was seized and he was held hostage for five years. 
didn't know what he was going into. But some people go knowingly into danger. I'm full of admiration when I watch the TV news now and see the protesters on the streets in Myanmar denouncing the military coup at some risk. One more shot by police yesterday. And just this week, I read four Pakistani development workers killed by gunmen near the Afghan border. Did you know? I didn't. 74 aid workers are known to have been killed so far this year. Many of them working in their own countries, killed by people determined to frustrate what they're doing. These are people who consciously step out of a position of safety because they believe a life that benefits others, despite the risks, is a life well lived. And many of our fellow Christians around the world right now faced hostility and violence because of their faith. Loss of education, loss of job opportunities, can't get health and social resources, especially when they're a minority community. And you get these repeated stories of Christian homes and churches being torched in parts of Asia and Africa. There's persecution of known Christians in totalitarian states. Christian pastors, monks and nuns being beaten or killed because they choose to stay loyal to Jesus Christ. They've taken up their cross. They won't renounce their commitment to follow him. Maybe as a church in this country, in Kidderminster, we should be better informed about them, support them, learn from them. Why would anyone be so persistent, so determined, so unswerving, in holding fast to their faith when they know they might well suffer for it. It's because they believe and trust that God can bring people through such darkness into light. It's because they believe the Easter gospel, that God can give life again, even to people who've died. They believe in the resurrection of Jesus, who... One New Testament writer says, endured the cross for the sake of the joy that was set before him. And therefore, being a disciple of Christ is of such importance and so central to who they are, these people find it ranks above everything else in life. Why would they let it slip? It's like the stories Jesus told on another occasion the man who found a field that had got treasure buried in it. So he sold everything he had in order to possess that field. The merchant who dealt in pearls. And then he discovered this gem of such beauty and value. He sold everything he had so he could buy that one thing. Because sometimes you just have to let go of what is precious now. If you are to receive from God something even greater. Think of Abraham, that Old Testament story we heard this morning. Abraham had an acute awareness of God, we're told, as one who would bless him, who would make a great nation of his descendants. But first, he's told, leave your country, 
leave your kindred and your father's house. Go to another land, I'll show you. And the call on him was to sever his roots. He didn't go alone. He took belongings with him, but he left his homeland, his family, all that was familiar and secure, and he set out on an unfamiliar journey to, well, who knows where. Now in this country, we're not likely to have to face such hardship as some fellow believers elsewhere in the world. But the worst most of us are likely to face is people's incomprehension or maybe to be laughed at in some quarters if we say we're active Christians. But that still faces us with the challenge, doesn't it? How serious and determined are we about following Jesus Christ? Taking up the cross means stepping out of our comfort zones and perhaps facing situations we didn't anticipate, people we never thought we'd engage with, issues we have to wrestle with. What we learn from Jesus is that choosing that harder option may well be the path to fuller life. He said, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. An unattractive or costly decision now may open up a richness in living that we never imagined. After all, it was only later that the disciples understood that after the death of Jesus came resurrection. Church, at its best, is a community who believe that the way of Jesus is the way to live. A community willing to choose the harder option, to take up the cross, even if this means a reordering of life and maybe some personal cost, but which will be blessed by God. And church is a community which proclaims this every time it gathers for worship. So is being a follower of Jesus an add-on to all the other things we're interested in? Or is it more important than everything else? The fundamental allegiance which governs all that we do and all the choices we make.